What's up, everybody? All right, I got the audio right away. I'm going to give this 50 seconds before I start. So if you're listening on replay, um, you can skip ahead a good 45 seconds. I'm going to start. Wait for people to get in the room. You could check out uh, check out the links in this podcast or in this call-in. It's a link to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, to the YouTube episode, to anchor.fm forward slash JSK for Jonathan Scott Kogan. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or you can always go to ownershipeconomy.substack.com and subscribe. And the YouTube channel is called The Ownership Economy, and it's a picture of my face, the same picture that's in the call-in app of my face. Um, so you could subscribe, turn on the notifications, do as you wish. And we are going to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And let's do this, baby. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I love you all. Good to do a podcast episode every single day, by the way. No one's in here yet. If you're listening to this replay, I love you. Definitely subscribe to the YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate it. But don't do it if you hate my content, only if I'm bringing you value. So let's get this baby started, even though no one's in here. Actually, we'll start right at the two-minute mark, which is in 20 seconds. Give it a little bit more. Give it a little bit of time, a little bit of time. Now there's 12 seconds. And you know what? We're just going to start by myself because that's how we do, baby. It's a it's a sad day. We're talking about the mainstream media. Here we go. We're live on the tube. We're live on the pod. Sort of live on the pod. You know what I mean? About to go live on the book. Facebook. The meta property. All right. I got bad news, people. I got bad news. The mainstream media is losing its customers. You, me, all of us. All-time lows. In fact, who trusts the mainstream news? Does anybody sit there and read a newspaper or better yet watch television, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, whatever, and go, yeah, yeah, you know, this is, they definitely have my best interest at heart. Yeah, you know, you watch Sean Hannity, and you're like, yeah, you, not biased at all. You watch Brian Stouts, you're like, yeah, you know, that dude comes off as super genuine. You know, these guys, Don Lemon, Rachel Maddow, they're, they're just all unbiased. We're watching people share news to us through opinions. It's not news. It's opinions. It's entertainment. So let's get into the stats. New poll, bad day for mainstream media. But you know what? Don't they deserve it? If you lose the trust of the very people who did, tr- well, sort of trusted you, I guess not really. The poll, the Gallup poll started in 1979. That was the first year. And uh, that was also happens to be the highest trust that they ever had in the media, the American people. I mean, this is global, though. I think nobody, UK, you name it, nobody trusts their mainstream outlets. They've been wrong on everything for like the past three years. What's actually fascinating is there was a small spike in trust when Trump was in office, which makes me think 
do people associate trust with the with the type of news or information they want to get? So like if you want to hear a certain thing, whether it's true or not, do you tend to trust it more because it's sort of like a positive feedback loop? It's just interesting that the small spike was when Trump got into office and then everything's plummeted for a multitude of reasons. The war, um, <laughs> recently the, the recession gap, like crazy, um, and pretty much everything else is just wrong. In fact, it's almost like we talk about on this podcast all the time, like 100% wrong. So let's get into the stats. I'll share my screen in a bit. But if you're listening and you're watching, same experience, baby. All-time lows, 16% have either a great deal or quite a lot of trust in newspapers. 16% trust newspapers. 11% of American people trust TV news. Maybe the problem is is that news isn't meant to be 24-7. Maybe when you are trying to make money off sharing news and you have to fill 24 hours in a day that possibly you're filling in space that you're really trying hard to fill in because there isn't 24 hours of shit you should be talking about. Is that possible? Or is that a conspiracy? Like even if you have an agenda to shove down someone's throat, believe this, believe this, believe this, 24 hours a day, is a lot of information. A lot. You can't possibly fill that up with entertaining facts unless you lie. And I think that's the trap they fell in. I think the demise of the mainstream media has a lot to do with their programming schedule. Like if it bleeds, if it, if it bleeds, it leads 24-7. You want this stuff that attracts people's attention, attracts, people, uh, attracts people's attention. And not only do you run out of things, but there's not so much news that is so entertaining where you have to find advertisers that want to advertise in every single commercial break around the clock and have that commercial spot be enough money to support your operations where you might be just telling something that no one wants to hear about. So you have to make up something exciting or kind of like skew to your to your audience Like you need to sort of have propaganda because your job is to have as many viewers as possible watching your program. That is the job of the mainstream news is to maximize the audience size. So it's not about giving you fair and objective news. That's not what the mainstream media's business is, which coincidentally is probably the downfall in my opinion. I mean, there is no way. You can watch the people like a Sean Hannity, like a Brian Stelter, and just be like, yeah, these guys aren't biased. I mean, Brian Stelter in particular is a really interesting dude. I watched that guy, and I'm like, that dude is just full of shit. Like, it looks like he's part of corporate media. Like, talk about agenda. It's so obvious. But we're watching things that are just people's opinions and then you share news with your friends or your family that's based on someone else's opinion and then you put your opinion into it and now you have an opinion of an opinion 
there was no news to start with. There's no objective news. Let's get into some of the numbers. So the poll, the Gallup poll started in 1979. That was the highest trust that they ever had the first year they, they took the poll. And it was only 51% of people trusted the newspapers. 51%. So like I said, 16% of Americans have a great deal, quite a lot of confidence in newspapers. Who are these people? These must be people who either love the information they're getting from the newspapers or they're just old as shit in a nursing home or something. Because it ain't like millennials or Gen Z or like normal people. Like these have to be people who's like, yeah, I want to read that. So yeah, now I trust it because that's what I wanted to read. 11% have some the degree of confidence in television news. 11%, one out of 10 have some degree of confidence. Nine out of 10 people are like, fuck this, I'm out. Nine out of 10, if you're listening to this, I bet you have almost zero trust in the mainstream media. In fact, the stories that you hear on the mainstream media, forget about getting the objective facts about a story. The very stories that they cover are not the most important stories. As you'll know on this podcast, they're just now starting to talk about things that we talked about over a month ago, almost two months ago. All of a sudden, they're talking about famine. We talked about that. Monkeypox, we already talked about that. Like the fact that me, as an independent creator, that's just trying to share interesting news with objective facts with the world, the fact that I can be ahead of establishment corporate media obviously means that their operations and or business model does not work. How can I, as an independent media creator, get you the, the news, fat, the more important news, month or when they tell you? That should not happen. The amount of resources, the amount of money, the amount of people they have to be able to look up and research all day and get paid a salary to do that. And I'm here, not sponsored by anyone. You can send me a DM if you want to be sponsored. We have had one sponsor. I should never be able to beat a CNN, an MSNBC, a Fox News, but because they're trying to fill so much space in a 24-7 programming schedule, it's just too much. And that is going to be the demise where this 16% or this 11%, dude, 11%, is crazy love. Like if you got an 11% on a test in school, they would put you in a special class because you suck. Or you would have to do some sort of extra work or you would miss recess because you can't begin 11% on anything. So we are actually experiencing such a fascinating time where we're seeing the dissolution of the current structure, the status quo, overall, just the way society is structured is being changed completely. I mean, even from the news to the structure of the internet, how it's centralized, and you have these massive corporations, Meta, Google, that own and centralize so much data. And now we're entering Web 2.5 of, of, of Web 3, where things are now going to be decentralized, that there's going to be ownership by the users 
of the platforms that you use. People are going to buy digital assets, NFTs. They're going to have custodial wallets. In fact, most kids today, if you're below the age of 18, you're probably used to or being trained to buy digital assets like NFTs, like it's normal. I mean, I'm 33, and it even feels a little bit weird that digital goods are more important than physical goods. So imagine if you're 50 years old. You can't even, you probably don't even know what an NFT is. But the entire structure of the internet's broken. There's no native currency. There's no individual ownership over your own stuff, your own data. And we're seeing the internet be completely changed into Web3 from a centralized internet to a decentralized internet. And that is a massive, massive change. It's probably the biggest change since the internet itself. And I actually truly believe that that transition, the real transition, is going to be what saves our civilization. I know that sounds really crazy, but we really are going to see some pretty bad stuff come winter. We're going to see an energy shortage, people not being able to heat their homes, people not being able to get food and famine. And when you have famines across the globe, it breeds more famine and crime and people eat things they don't normally eat. And you see New York Times coming out with, Articles like trying to normalize cannibalism. I know that sounds crazy, but it's not going to be good. But these powerful elites who want to keep the game or the status quo as it is because they become successful in that world, why would they want the system to change when that system has worked for them extremely well? For the Davos men. We'll call them the Davos man. It's a book I'm reading right now too. The Davos man. You know, the people in the World Economic Forum, you know, the super, super elites that are trying to control the world and claim they care, but yet they're cool with cutting off energy for everybody and having people die of famine in the interest of climate change when they're not mutually exclusive. But let's get back on topic. I just want to know, do you watch any news? on TV or read any news from mainstream outlets and go, you know what? I don't even need to check the sources. I don't even need to check another source. I know they're telling me the truth. They care about me. Is the answer no? The answer is no for me. In fact, when I do, when I see something or I read it, my default response is this is a lie. So let me research it and see what the outcome is. And usually the outcome is, oh yeah, I guess I was right. It was opposite day. Let's get back into more of the numbers here. In fact, if you're uh, if you're watching this, I'm gonna I'm gonna share this, and hopefully it will come back full screen. If not, it is what it is. So um, this is a Gallup poll again. Gallup media confidence ratings at record lows. De- and what I was saying about people's when they want to hear something and they hear it, so therefore it becomes true, even though 
that has nothing to do if it's true or not. I wonder if that's why the Democrats' confidence is higher than Republicans, because the media tends to veer towards Democrats for whatever reason. And you know on this show we're apolitical. We're not Democrats. We're not Republicans. We're not even independent. We have a voice for the apolitical people in this world who don't give a shit about politics and just want to live their life and have the powers that be stay the fuck out of it. We just want to go bowling, go to the movies, hang out with our friends, do whatever the hell we want, and have the elites and the news and the government stay out of it. We don't like you guys in it. We were good when you were out of it. We were good even when we thought you were out of it, but maybe you were really in it, but you didn't step on our toes. Now, I'll turn the corner, and the government just, boom, steps on my baby toe. Right on my baby toe. Americans' confidence in two facets of the news media, newspapers and television. First of all, when we say newspapers, I hope we're not just talking about paper newspapers. We're probably talking about getting the articles online. Because I want to know the percentage of people overall who holds a newspaper and reads it. Is the average age of a person who does that 94 years old? No offense if you do that. That's cool. I don't know if it's cool, but it's fine. But like in the, in the movies, when someone's on a bench, they got their briefcase on the ground, they're wearing a suit, and they have the newspaper open, like in the movies. Do people do that anymore? I don't know. Just 16% now say they have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in newspapers and 11% in television news. Both ratings are down five percentage points since last year. Oh, no. Which makes me think, is this the biggest opportunity for independent media creators overall? Because where are you guys getting your news? Where is everyone getting the news? In fact, I just came across um, a poll or a study that says now 25% of people in America get their news from podcasts. And that is going to go, that's only going to go up. Like these people who are no longer getting news from the newspapers and television, which they used to get all their news from, where's everyone going? Are they going to social media? Is there trust in Facebook and Instagram and TikTok? Maybe a little bit more. I mean, social media is the infrastructure of communication in our society. Whether you like it or not, that's what our infrastructure is as of right now. That's probably where most people get their news, which means if you get it from a YouTube or TikTok are you getting it from other independent media creators or are you getting it from mainstream accounts that are on there? Probably independent media, probably friends. So you have people, you have millions of people who used to tune into all these TV channels, read the newspaper. Now they don't trust it and they need to get their news elsewhere. So if you are an independent creator, there's enough room for a lot of independent creators to pop up, share the news, be truthful, gain the trust of an audience, find 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000 people that trust you that would pay you like they pay for a newspaper subscription each month for you to tell them the news because they like how you share it. They trust you. Boom. You make a living. Like a breaking points. Even like a Joe Rogan people probably listen to for news. The opportunity seems massive. So this chart, Americans Conference in Newspapers and Television News. So 1973, in 1973, only 39% of people 
trusted the newspapers already. Then it bumped up in 1979 to 51%. And then it was game over. In 1982, it was already 35%. And television started being tracked in, what, 93. 46%. It has gone down pretty much ever since, around 36, 35. And then 2007 comes, it drops to 23. And then it looks like, so then there was an uptick, which had to, which coincided with Trump, which makes me just think, did that trust come as a result of people hating Trump because he's so polarizing and saying fake news and boom. So, and because the news tends to lean Democrat towards the Democrats and Trump's a Republican and Trump was specifically saying fake news, like the CNN fake news, was it something where you really wanted to grab on to the opposite side that Trump was taking because he was so polarizing. And so even if it wasn't true or not, you wanted to hang on to something that was different than what Trump was saying. And so therefore, you started trusting the news more because they always bash Trump. I don't know. Maybe. And then, boom, since COVID, it has just plummeted. I wonder why. The government and, – and the other thing is, where does the media come from? It surely seems like the deep state or the national security, the CIA, those are what gives that, the mainstream media stories. They're codes. Nation and government, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, are clearly working together for an agenda for the betterment of both of those, for the corporations and for the government. Not for the end user, the everyday person, the peasants, you and I. That's not, the, that's not the way it's set up. The business model is not set up to maximize the value given to the consumer being us. Gallup has tracked Americans' confidence newspapers since 1973 and television news since 1993. That's crazy. That wasn't even that long ago. So the fact that we're not only so far into the internet and having social media, now we're talking about the third wave. There's Web 1, Web 2, now we're approaching Web 3. And TV just started being tracked in 1993. It's not that long in terms of innovation period, time period. The latest readings are from a June 1st to June 20th, 2022 poll that saw declines in confidence ratings for 11 of the 16 institutions measured. And no improvements for any. Oh, so sad. I feel terrible. Television news and newspapers rank nearly at the bottom of that list of institutions with only Congress garnering less confidence from the public than TV news. While these two news institutions have never earned high confidence ratings, they have fallen in the rankings in recent years. A majority of Americans have expressed confidence in newspapers only once in 1979. When 51% did. That was it. 1979. What happened that year? Something had to happen. That was the only year. So it's been bullshit forever. Now people are just aware because we have access to so much information with the internet that we've proved, we've debunked, fact checked. Like, really, though, we've checked what the news was telling us and realized it was a lie over and over again. And when you, I don't even understand why that business model is good 
to lose the trust of your audience, your businesses are going to go to shit. Like that was a terrible approach. So if it was intentional, which it had to be, or maybe a lack of due diligence for checking the sources and, you know, having more than one source. I don't know what the actual fundamental reason is, but literally you lose the trust of the very person who's watching the show. Well, they're no longer going to watch it anymore. And then therefore less people watch your show. And then advertisers don't want to pay as much because less people are watching the program. That's what's happening. And it is crumbling. I mean, fast. There's a wide margin between that and the second highest readings of 39% in 1973 and 1990. The trend average for newspapers is 30%, well above the latest reading of 16%. So it's half of the, the trend, which is the first time the measure has fallen below 20%. You see how quickly it's crumbling? The percentage of Americans, and this is just Americans, but I bet you, you can extrapolate this worldwide. The percentage of Americans who say they have very little or volunteer that they have no confidence is currently the highest on record at 46%. One in two people are like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> I'd rather, rather get my, my news from, from a schmo on the street. Confidence in television news has never been higher than its initial 46% reading in 1993. It's funny how the highest is the first year you took the poll. That's probably a bad business and has averaged 27%. So that trend is 27% for television news, which is considerably higher than the current 11%. If it's 11% now and they, are we going to see it go to like one or zero? Do you know anyone who trusts the news, the mainstream media? Anyone. Like anyone who really trusts it, where they don't even need to cross-check it, they just trust it. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone in my life who trusts it. Especially national news. Maybe local, they might believe, but not national, no chance. This is the fourth consecutive year that confidence in TV news is below 20%. And for just the second time in the trend, a majority of Americans, 53%, now say they have very little or no confidence at all in TV news. That is awful. That is awful. But I don't feel bad because they brought that upon themselves. I mean, you watch these people. I can't get over like Stelter. You watch that dude and it's like, this dude's like corporate scum. Like he's not telling me the truth. He just seems like a schmuck. He just comes off as a disingenuous schmuck. I don't even know another word. Schmo. Democrats, media confidence higher than other partisans but below average. Is it because it tailors to their interests or the information they want to hear? I wonder. I, don't, I can't imagine a Republican who trusts the news. That's got to be nuts. Republicans, 5% and independents, 12, even independents, 12%. Confidence in newspapers is the lowest on record for these party groups, while Democrats is 35%. That's considerably higher. You got 5% Republicans, 12% independents. Democrats is at 35%. While Democrats, 35% has been lower in the past. Democrats' confidence in newspapers rose to the 42% to 46% during Donald Trump but then plummeted or fell 
when President Joe Biden took office. What happened? We love Joe. We love Joe. Come on. Joe's a hardworking middle-class man from Delaware who has tens of millions of dollars in a Corvette and uses fossil fuels but doesn't want you to use fossil fuels. But no big deal. It's just good old Joe. Pop, Grandpa Joe. Look at this chart. 35%, 12%, and 5%. I want to meet these people. Man. It's going to go wait until a year from now. Confidence in newspapers among partisans today is far below the trend averages for Republicans. It's 24%. Independents, 28%. And slightly below average for Democrats, 38%. See, Democrats are always a little bit higher because the media tailors to the interests or the information Democrats want to hear. I imagine. As an apolitical show, it's hard for us to tell. But the apolitical category, which they're obviously somehow missing from this study, um, would be uh, 0%. Yeah, apolitical people don't trust politics. Majorities of Republicans have registered little or no confidence in newspapers since 2017, while this is the first year that independence low confidence is at the majority level. Confidence in TV news follows a similar pattern, with Democrats expressing higher confidence than Republicans and independents. However, Democrats and independents' confidence ratings are down significantly from last year and are now at historical low points, 20% and 8% respectively. Meanwhile, the 8% of Republicans with a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in television news is not statistically different from last year's 6% record low. I mean, these have to be the last people left who are literally like, you know what, I don't know what's true and not true. I'm hearing what I want to hear, so therefore I'm going to say it's true. Like, Because it, otherwise it would be 0%. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is multiple Gallup measures of America's views of the news media show a growing distrust. Oh, really? That seems really unfair. I can't think of a time that the mainstream media did us wrong, right? No, they were all honest mistakes. Their record of being 100% wrong are just mistakes. It's not intentional. Don't think it's intentional. Come on. Come on. Last fall, Gallup found near record low trust in media to report the news fully, accurately, and fairly. And few Americans read a newspaper and television reporters as highly ethical. What? You're saying, like, I don't know, Chris Cuomo wasn't ethical? Come on. Come on. And he just popped back up. In Gallup's annual Honesty and Ethics of Professions poll in December, although trust in the media in the U.S. has been scarce for many years, Confidence ratings for newspapers and TV news have never been as low as they are now. Taken together, these data suggest that the media has a long way to go to win back the public confidence. So what does that mean for everybody? It's simple. They're done. And somebody needs to make up that space. There is a gap. And I think it's millions of people, definitely hundreds of thousands of people, that are searching for that record of truth. They are searching for a new home where they know they can get the news on the stories that they should be hearing about and then truthful facts about that story and maybe some added opinions from someone who they like their take something that's maybe fair and balanced and takes both sides or maybe comes from an apolitical point of view. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So I think 
there is a massive opportunity in this world to make up this massive gap where these people who are looking for a home for their news do not have a place right now. And maybe they'll get certain genres of news like sports and then maybe politics from different people. I mean, it's going to be so tightly curated and personalized. You're going to be able to just tune in and, and access, whether it's video, whether it's written word, whether it's audio, from literally only the people you want to hear about. You won't be force-fed anything. You turn on mainstream media, you don't get to personalize that. You're force-fed whoever is on, and that applies to everybody watching. That's why we said in the Roe versus Wade is we just – the closer – the decision is to the end user, the better, the more personalized it is. When you apply a particular set of rules and you have to cover hundreds of millions of people as opposed to making rules for you know, a community of a thousand people, it would be better for people to be able to voluntarily join the community with a smaller group of, group of people that is more personalized and tailored to their interests. Right? It makes a lot of sense. So you want the decisions to be made closest to you. So last place you want things to be made is federal. The second last is state. The third last is city. The closer you can get to you as a human, unless it can just be you, which is where it's going to, which is everything is going to be up to you for every single piece of information you get. You're going to be able to choose exactly where it comes from. And so where you get your news today in 2022 versus where you're going to get your news in 2030, even 2025, I think is going to be radically different. In fact, where you get your news in 2030, I bet you don't even get your news from those sources today. And then from, but from 2030, you'll probably use those sources for the next 30 years after that. You're going, we are going to curate the content. And the type of content, as specific and niche as we can get from very particular people, and the people who can earn the trust of that audience can absolutely make a living being a creator of whatever niche that is, whether it's sports news, whether it's political news, whether it's weather news. You can have thousands of those creators across the world, overall millions. And all you need is an audience that instead of paying for the Washington Post, the New York Times, whatever it might be, they're going to pay these individual creators. You're just shifting where your payment's going, and it's going to go to an independent creator as opposed to a massive corporation. And that's where Web3 gets really interesting. That's where a decentralized internet gets really interesting. Because people are going to be able to own, own their content and what they share. They're going to own a piece of the internet. It's not going to be this massive corporation. So you're going to have these individual media empires that pop up that are already popping up, but is going to radically increase. And it's going to be fascinating. And we're literally living through it right now. We are in the stage of probably a little bit in, but probably not even halfway. Yeah, probably halfway in of the establishment 
and the current system crumbling before our eyes. We're in that. And then the independent media side slowly raising. And they're probably, the independent media side is probably a little bit above, actually, the mainstream. The mainstream still has more ways to go to go down to zero because it's going to collapse completely. And that means independent media creators are going to go even higher, which means more of a market. It's billions of dollars in market share. And so a ton of independent creators are going to rise with that. Way more than there is now. Way more. And it only takes a thousand or so, like they say, a thousand true fans, Kevin Kelly, to have your own media business where you can make a living. You can make $100,000 a year and be a specialist in sharing news on the Cleveland Browns. And people like your takes, you're fair and balanced, and you share the most vital information that people should be aware of. And they'll pay you $5 a month for subscription. They'll pay you $10 for exclusive content. And they're going to tune into you every day, every week. So it's an amazing time to be a creator. So the reason I wanted to go over this is because it is such a, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, but overall in the macro, there is endless opportunities for everybody. Not even just to be a media creator, but to be a creator, even an artist and creating digital art and be able to sell single copies. Like, you know, why do people buy artwork, like real physical art to flex, to show people, to put it up and be like, hey, I have this Andy Warhol. I have this Picasso. But that's not. And then 30 people come to your house and see it. What about if you owned the one of one or the. The, Poke, the digital Pokemon card of Charizard was only three, and you can flex that online to everybody digitally. That's where the world's going. It may be hard to comprehend, but that is where the world's going. So it's really a special time to be alive. It's a fascinating time because we're seeing the change of a system that has been in place for over 100 years. And so we're seeing the institutions crumble, and we're seeing more genuine, independent creators rise. And that is the creator economy. So I don't think there's ever been more opportunities than there are now. Even as we talk about all the scary and bad stuff that's going on, simultaneously, there's absolutely more opportunities in this world if you want to take advantage of it in tons of ways. And we'll get into all that with the ownership economy and more details on that in another segment. But if there's a time to be optimistic and hopeful, it's now. Even though maybe in the short term we're going to go through massive friction, in the long run, we are splitting from the current status quo system to a completely new infrastructure of society and communication and collecting and sharing information. In every respect of how civilization is structured, we are seeing a break off from the old system to the new. That is why it's so weird to be in this current spot that we're in that's why it seems like such a massive breaking civilization is being restructured before our eyes that is no joke and we're experiencing now you can either take advantage of that moment or you can cry i choose to take advantage of that moment what do you choose simple as that all right everybody